Hi, welcome to The Bug Plug, a podcast about all things insects, arachnids, arthropods, creepies, and crawlies. I'm Kaylee, and today we're learning about monarch butterflies. touched on these briefly a few weeks ago when we learned about the milkweed tussock moths. We're going in deeper today because the first generation is hatching now, which I think is so cool. We'll get into what that means here in just a minute. First, monarchs are butterflies, so they're insects with a head, a thorax, an abdomen, and six legs. They're in the same classification order as moths, making them like third cousins. In addition to the basic insect parts, butterflies have a proboscis, compound eyes, forewings, and hindwings. That's F-O-R-E, not F-O-U-R, if you are curious. Let's break down what all of that means, and we'll work backwards. So hindwings are the lower wings, while forewings are the upper wings. Butterfly wings are made of chitin a kind of protein that makes insect exoskeletons and tarantula hairs. We've talked about chitin a few times. Their wings also have wing veins. Um, you've, you've seen them. If you picture a monarch or head over to our Instagram at bugplugpod to look at a picture, those black lines on their wings are wing veins. These veins contain nerves and carry hemolyph or insect blood. Here's a fun fact for you. Hemolyph is insect blood. Their compound eyes mean they have multiple lenses, allowing them to see in many directions at once. Their brains take all of these smaller images and put them together as one big view around the butterfly. Finally, their proboscis acts almost like a straw, absorbing and sucking up nectar and water. The proboscis rolls up like a garden hose when not in use. Oh, and butterflies also have antennae that are sensory organs, allowing them to navigate and smell. Butterflies have clubbed antennae, meaning the ends are thicker than the mids, making them look almost like golf clubs. Butterflies come in a large variety of colors and patterns. This can help disguise the butterfly, allowing it to blend into its environment. Or it may mimic a larger animal and help scare away predators. Butterflies with large circles on their wings are doing this. When a predator sees the circles, it thinks they're the eyes of something much bigger. Or the butterfly might be brightly colored to warn potential predators not to eat them because they're poisonous. That's the case of the monarchs. They're a bright orange because they do contain poison that predators want to avoid. This isn't true of all brightly colored butterflies. Some are just faking it and hoping the predators believe they're poisonous. Butterflies are often eaten by birds, frogs, lizards, and arachnids like spiders. Okay, let's get into the monarch's life cycle before we go into the whole generation and migration things. Monarch eggs are laid on milkweed plants. Then four days later, the larva hatches and feasts. After about two weeks, it's a fully formed caterpillar that has spent its whole life just munching on milkweed. Their caterpillars are really cool looking with yellow and black stripes. Again, the bright colors are warning signs to predators. After the caterpillar is fully sized, it makes a chrysalis using silk and hangs off of a leaf. We talked about that in the milkweed tussock moth episode. Do you remember? 
moths attach their chrysalises completely to a structure or plant stem, while butterflies make theirs hang off branches, leaves, or stems. The caterpillar is in the chrysalis for about 10 days while it turns to goo and its whole body reforms into a completely new thing. The butterfly emerges once it's fully formed and lives a great but pretty short life. Lays some eggs, then it dies. Okay, getting into the interesting but potentially confusing part. If you're in North or Central America, you probably know about the monarch migration. It's not one group of monarchs migrating the whole way, but rather multiple generations making the move. It kind of reminds me of the expansion west here in the United States, where one group of people left New York, but it was like their great-grandkids that actually made it to California. Depending on the source, the assigned numbers are different, but bear with me. Generation 1 hatches March or April. That's the one hatching now, and the reason we're doing this episode this week. They emerge as butterflies and start traveling north from Mexico or California. They will die about two to six weeks after reaching adulthood. They lay eggs before dying, giving us generation two. This generation hatches May to June and continues their parents' trek north. They also live for about two to six weeks, lay eggs, then die. Then comes generation three, who hatches July and August, and they finish the trip north. In my Oregon Trail comparison, this is the generation that actually lives to see California. Now, here's where it gets confusing. They do lay eggs and die after a few weeks, just like all the others, but their offspring, generation four, is much different. This generation hatches September and October and does some work. These guys live six to eight months and travel all the way back to California or central Mexico for the winter, all by themselves. So in my comparison, the great-grandkids see California and are like, nope, and hike all the way back to New York, but they get there alive. I said the numbering may be different based on where you're looking. Some people call the generation that goes back south Generation 1 instead of Generation 4, but I don't think that really matters. They're the generation that sets a goal and meets it. Monarch butterflies can be found in North, Central, and South America as well as in Australia, India, East Europe, and some Pacific Islands. Not all of these monarchs do the whole multi-generational migration thing. For example, the Australian ones make short migrations throughout Australia and New Zealand, while the monarchs in Florida and the Caribbean don't really migrate at all. Is it Caribbean or Caribbean? I don't know. Oh, fun fact. The Australian monarchs are actually from the United States and have been there since around 1856. For our final segment, Will It Pet? Seriously, I need a better name for this. Anyway, the answer is kind of. It's a fun activity to get the eggs. You can order them off the internet. You raise the caterpillars, then release the monarchs that hatch. I know a lot of elementary schools do this. Mine wasn't that cool, but I'm not bitter about it at all. You can also get the little kits for your house that have everything you need to do this yourself. Another thing you can do is plant milkweed in your garden or flower bed. If you're along the Monarch Highway, that's the path that the monarchs take to migrate, you can attract the butterflies to your yard and not have to put in the work to raise them yourself. Butterflies are great pollinators, so even if you don't want to watch the monarchs, 
Planting milkweed will not only help your plants thrive, but the environment as a whole. In the last few years, the monarch population has declined, but they are not currently listed as an endangered species. By planting milkweed or helping raise monarchs, you can play a role in bringing their numbers back up. Not only are they pretty and fun to watch, but they play a huge role in our ecosystem, so we should all do what we can to help them and other pollinators thrive. Okay, let's do a quick recap and close this one out. Monarchs, like all butterflies, are insects and have special mouthparts to help them suck nectar out of flowers. The monarch butterflies in North America have a crazy multi-generational migration thing going on, which is starting again right now. There are monarchs in other parts of the world that either don't migrate at all or make smaller scale migrations. I know I said earlier that the non-migratory ones are also in Florida, but that feels like another part of the world to me, so I'm just rolling with it. Monarchs have seen a decline in numbers in the last few years. You can help by planting milkweed or raising monarchs yourself. Just make sure you're releasing the butterflies once they emerge. Don't hoard the butterflies, please. That doesn't do anybody any good. That'll do it for this episode. I'll see you next time here on the Bug Plug Podcast. dog. Hi. What are you trotting in here today? Hmm? You hear I was doing something? You wanted to come and interrupt? Yeah? Is that what you wanted? Well, you said you were a Okay. Can you pick a spot, please? <coughs> Hi, I see you. No, we're not doing that. <laughs>